Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Day 23 of Black Friday. This was the first year Google Calendar listed Black Friday as an official holiday. (laughs) They don't even list Ash Wednesday. But somehow Black Friday gets in. The problem is deeper, though. Stores began listing Black Friday sales two weeks before the day. I was glad when the day finally came and went. But it didn't. It just stretched on. Overtaking Cyber Monday, pushing past Giving Tuesday, and going well beyond the Feast of St. Nicholas. I'm looking at my calendar now. It's... it's everywhere. Every day. I think it's too late for the Americas. I heard parts of Africa haven't been affected. Do they even know it's Christmas? And a few islands off the coast of Japan. But... but I think we're done for. Black Friday is here. And it will never leave. Today's story is written by Lisa Godfries. Lisa Godfries worked over a decade in a crime lab as both a DNA analyst and manager. Tired of technical writing, she hung up her lab coat to pen speculative fiction. Her short stories have appeared in anthologies and online. Lisa currently lives in Houston with one dog, two cats, a school, a fish, two girls, and a husband. Since organization is her superpower, she dons her cape as Operation Manager Editor at Havoc Publishing and serves on the planning committee for the Realm Makers Conference, because with great power comes great responsibility. Lisa Godfrey's co-authored the novel Mind Writer with Michael Lynch, who appeared way back in episode 16, The Unit. And Godfrey's work has appeared in the short story anthologies Mystic Orbits, Tides of Impossibility, Mike Lynch's No Revolution is Too Big, and Realmscapes. You can find her on Twitter at Lisa Godfries, and you can find a link to her author page on Amazon in the show notes. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast is proud to present Golgoleth by Lisa Godfries. Alora ached from her golden shoulders to the tips of her emerald talons, but still she flew. The pounding of her wings did nothing to part the thick fog surrounding her. Its cloying fingers clung to her hide and threatened to pull her from the sky. She'd left the sun behind hours ago, and with it all sense of direction. Only the song guided her now. Melancholy notes, punctuated by desolate wails, called through the blockade of clouds like wind through reeds. Someone 
or some creature, sang. If she could find the source, she could rest, and she desperately needed rest or soon she'd fall from the sky and into a watery tomb. In her dragon form, she was powerful, but dragons couldn't float, and she no longer had enough energy left to transform. So, she continued to strain. Her mind focused only on the song and the next beat of her wings, and the next, and the next, until the clouds parted like the eye of a hurricane, and a nimbus of golden light pierced the gloom. At its center, a tall spire towered over the crystalline waters. Alora collapsed on an outcropping at the apex of the spire, lungs heaving as her sinews wept with relief. The song stopped. Beneath her, the ground shuddered. Alora dug her talons into the rock to keep her from falling. A high-pitched shriek rent the air, and Alora was flung from the promontory. She tried to extend her wings to catch herself, but her muscles refused to cooperate. Up was down as she fell in a dizzying spiral. There was nothing she could do to prevent the inevitable plunge of doom. She crashed into something hard, and all the breath rushed out of her. Her lungs struggled to refill themselves. Instead of salty water, she sucked in precious, life-giving air. Alora opened her eyes. She hadn't smashed against the sea, but into a cage of sorts. Five stone columns of various heights surrounded her, four to one side and one offset and curved above her to form an incomplete ceiling. Through the spaces between them, she could see the spire, or what she had thought was a spire. An enormous figure, horrendous in size and form, towered over the sea. A giant flesh bag. Human, Alora corrected herself, but devoid of all tissue. Skeletal feet rested on the seafloor in waters up to the monolith's ankles. Beneath the skull, two chains, each with links the diameter of Alora's neck, stretched into the clouds. Lichens and rot covered the effigy, attesting to the monument's age. She'd been thrown from the top of the figure's skull and had landed in one of its skeletal hands. Alora twisted inside its grasp until she had a better view of the statue. Warm light poured from its eye sockets, nose hole, and gaping mouth. The light warmed her, melting the sweat and fog that had clung to her hide during her long flight, even as the glowing eyes stared into her soul. Somewhere in the back of the skull must be the source of the radiance. The song started again. Facing the figure, Alora recognized the music's origin. High, reed-like notes whistled between the statue's teeth, while deep wails emanated from the depths of its maw. 
Chills crackled across her scales. There was no breeze to make the notes, only thick, unmoving fog over placid water. Alora concentrated on the music, notes which rose and fell in languid patterns. Familiar sound waves. Language. I am Gogoleth, they sang. Gogoleth, the giantess who had granted Alora's kind the ability to transform and was cursed for it. The reason Dragonkin avoided human form lest they be cursed as well. The song changed, deepened. Legends are not truth. Which part? Alora wondered out loud. Again the song changed. Dragonkin is cursed, not I. Alora attempted to squelch a snort, but a puff of smoke released from her nostrils before she could stop it. All evidence to the contrary. Slowly, Alora's cage moved toward Golgoleth's giant head. At the same time, the skull's mouth closed, stalactites and stalagmites meeting together in a grimace. The song changed again. Deep notes, fading as the jaw clamped shut. Only high reedy notes remained. Seek the light. The cage hand opened and pushed Alora through one of Golgoleth's eye sockets. Alora turned to flee, but it was too late. With the mouth closed and the skeleton's hands covering its eyes, Alora was trapped inside with nothing but the blinding light. She could either stay until Golgoleth released her, a waiting game Alora was unlikely to win, or venture into the warm, compelling light. So, she walked, step after step, eyes closed against the brightness, images played against the back of her eyelids, a serpent crawling on its belly whispering in the night, humans spellbound, rejecting their true form and becoming dragons, Golgoleth's sacrifice, choosing to be chained for all eternity to share the truth with any who answered her call. Unlike Alora's trip through the fog, each step toward the light filled her with energy. Even with her eyes closed, she knew she headed in the correct direction, and she knew when she reached the source. She opened her eyes. Sometime during her journey, she'd shed her dragon skin and taken human form. Cool grass tickled her naked feet, and a breeze caressed her skin. Welcome, sister. A familiar, melodic voice greeted her. Somewhere far behind Alora, a link fell from Golgoleth's chain. Truth will set you free. John 8, 32.
that was our story. I hope you liked it. Sometimes the thing you think is a blessing is actually a curse. Great stuff. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Please remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. Support us on Patreon and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, Jen Finelli, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Parker J. Cole, Lauren Van Arendonk Ba, Amy Winters Voss, Mike and Andrew Williams, Spearblade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Rudy Diaz, Jackie Hanna, Deborah Dunson, Amanda St. John, GS Muse, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you dragons can't float. If there be Dragons beyond this, daggers upon us. I'll keep my eyes upon us, you'll keep me on it.